All right. So, oh, I don't usually talk during this at all. Sometimes Derek pops in. Sometimes, but usually I'm 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 prompting them things in the Discord to ask. I figure there's enough thirty something white guys with podcasts. I don't need to. Add <laughs> yeah, he doesn't need to add his voice to the zeitgeist. <laughs> Listen, this podcast is passing the Bechtel test. Damn it. <laughs> Hello, friends and fiends. Welcome to Bugs Need Heroes, a podcast where an artist and an entomologist team up to illustrate the inspiring abilities of insects by creating a bug-themed superhero. I'm Amanda. And I'm Kelly. Producer Derek and Desdemona and Rotunda are also here. Before we get started creating this bug-inspired hero, what's bugging you, Kelly? Well, I usually, I'm usually pretty boring with the what's bugging me, but I had a, a fairly awkward encounter the other day in an elevator where uh, this guy, he's like really looking at me, right? I think like looking at me too much and I'm like, what is going on here? And then elevator door opens and he goes, did you used to work out at this gym down the street? And I got so nervous. I said, yes, I've never been to that gym. (laughs) (laughs) Love that. Love that for you. I didn't know what to do. (laughs) I just felt so uncomfortable. And I go, oh, uh, yeah, I haven't been there in a while. And he goes, I thought you looked very familiar. <laughs> and then, and he looked like he was going to ask me something else, and I zoomed out of the elevator. <laughs> what uh, a people-pleasing move. Yeah. <laughs> I just want you to be right. <laughs> Correct. Please don't be embarrassed. It's fine. I can be that woman at the gym down the street. It's okay. I hope he runs into her now, and he's like, hey, good seeing you the other day. And she's like, what are you talking about? <laughs> yeah, I may have caused more discomfort down the line for someone else but <laughs> i diffused uh, my own double it and give it to the next person <laughs> <laughs> yes exactly i'd like to double this embarrassment and give it, pass it along please. <laughs> just on the way over here on npr they were talking about this study about like liars how often does a person lie during the day kelly you're gonna skew their data it's all day. Like, all day all day all day every day <laughs> mostly to avoid kelly <laughs> To avoid they did talk about people pleasing lying, which I think is its own whole genre oh, yeah. of lies. <laughs> like, yes, of course, of course, you can have that last cookie. I definitely yeah. wasn't saving it for anyone. The benevolent lie. Yeah, yeah. exactly. Oh, your shoes are fantastic. I love those. <laughs> mm-hmm. Those are those are some interesting shoes. Yeah, because <laughs> I don't want to hurt anyone's feelings, you know, especially not like a stranger. I don't know what his day is going going like. I just want him to feel comfortable and I'll take all that discomfort into myself and then rock it out of the elevator very quickly. So no more questions. Uh, how, about, how about you, Amanda? What's bugging you? Oh, nothing's really bothering me right now. Um, other than it's like it's cold and flu season just starting. And I know it's somewhere in my future. Mm-hmm. I can feel mm-hmm. it out there lurking in the shadows. Uh, but so far we've been blessed pretty but good i, I just, gotta get my flu shot i haven't gotten that yet yeah so yeah yeah the children just got theirs that's why i'm thinking about it so <sighs> and we, and we have a, a third voice ellen yes this is ellen from you just may have heard Zilla. me interjecting before being introduced i'm sorry <laughs> yeah. um well ellen what's bugging you and welcome to the show 
Thank you so much. Um, well, we just remotely closed on selling our house. So that whole process bugged me greatly. Mm-hmm. Um, that was a huge pain, but uh, I, that's also very boring to talk about. So I shan't. So <laughs> um, I am brand new to the Pacific Northwest. And welcome, I'm still, welcome. thank you. I am getting used to the seasons here. And part of that has been. Uh, being very attuned to how I am feeling when there is less sun than I'm used to. Ah, mm, yes. Because that I have been thoroughly warned is a huge thing, right? When there is less sun, you do not feel good. So I've been really paying attention to it. I've been trying to go outside. So the thing that has been really bugging me is that the time that I have available to spend outside never lines up with the weather. Like when it is bright and sunny and beautiful outside is always the time that I have to be doing something else and I can't go outside. And and, um, I've been really trying to like carve time in for going outside and enjoying some sun, but it has been, uh, the weather has not been cooperating with me very well. So I started taking vitamin D. <laughs> yeah. 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 You got to supplement if you, you can't prefer, get out of They sell, I call them lizard lamps, but they're basically <laughs> just vitamin D like lamps that you can yeah. sit by. I have been, read by I vitamin have been D asking light. my husband if we could get a happy light. So, yeah. Um, At least in the one. morning. It helps For to wake sure. up to one of those. Uh, my my boss at my job when I was in my early 20s, uh, she was from South Africa, moved to Las Vegas, and then she came to Portland. And I was like, how are you surviving? Right. So little vitamin D. She, she says that she takes the pill and she sits in front of her lamp every single day. And she just has to because her body's like, I crave, I crave. <laughs> I'm like a little gremlin because this time of year I feel better. Like it's less sunlight. I feel like less assaulted by UV rays. I can just <laughs> relax. I'm a very fair skinned mega white lady. And <laughs> I, think, I think my people are just meant to be in a sunless, yes. sunless Northern Europe. It's where I <laughs> You're belong. from the, 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 the part of the world where it's dark from like <laughs> 8 p.m. to about 11 a.m. And then. Yeah couple hours of light and then back to the darkness we're entering kelly's time of year (laughs) real kelly hours (laughs) soon we'll lose kelly on the podcast because she's hibernating (laughs) well guys it's time for kelly to go into her her stupor for the next couple months we won't be hearing from her a little little torpor for me (laughs) so i'll be a little bad it's fine kelly we are breaking episode format today because you are so very close on the precipice of doctorhood how's that going for you it is um stressful am I, <laughs> what am i allowed to say that yes uh, i think you are yeah yeah i gotta wrap uh i gotta wrap my crap up by february so it's it's gotta, like a race wrap that crap wrap that crap I, for derek i didn't curse i had to i had to take a second <laughs> <laughs> so he doesn't have to bleep me out but um i think wrap that crap is better because yeah, it rhymes think, you know I love it rhymes mm-hmm. you oh amanda loves a rhyme loves it Puns and rhymes. That's what Puns I'm about. <laughs> so yeah, we're we're doing a little, a few different things, next few episodes, for my mental health, which I appreciate. Thank you, co-host and producer and guests <laughs> who come and help make me my time a little easier. Although we and will be doing is occupied. Yeah, Meat Space is very occupied right now. <laughs> um, and thank you to my husband, who's not part of the pod, but it keeps me <laughs> keeps me grounded. He doesn't so, listen, does he? No, he doesn't. doesn't. He doesn't listen to the pod. I've told him I told him not to in the beginning because 
I wanted to make sure it was like we were real good before he listened. And then now <laughs> now he's like, I'm not listening. Not happening. Mm-hmm. Good. So we can gossip about him. Good. Yeah. It's, it's always good stuff, too. He's just missing out. He's I missing know. out on me praising him all the time. <laughs> but um, yeah, so different format right now. So I can have a little breathing room. We will still have regular episodes where it's just me. But they'll, I think, be a little spottier for a bit. And just the um, next coming weeks. Next couple of weeks. But what's great is we get to have guests, and I love guests. Like today, um, Ellen interviewed me the other day, which was awesome. So sure did. Hear me pop up there. But today, what are we talking about? We're talking about something that I have no idea about. <laughs> <laughs> so yeah, we're we're talking about with Ellen of just the zoo of us. I should, Thank we should, you. We should drop her name. <laughs> you can find her at just the zoo of us. Um, we're talking about. Something that's near and dear to my 90s kid heart, of course, which is Pokemon. Yes. Specifically bug Pokemon, but Pokemon in the general. So, uh, Ellen, what's your background? How do you know about creatures big and small and maybe even Pokemon in specific? Oh, for sure. Pokemon in specific. <laughs> <laughs> so I have always been an animal kid. Uh, I was the type of kid that was always at the zoo, always at the science center, always like hanging out and learning, always watching, you know, Animal Planet. I grew up in like, like Amanda said in the 90s when there was a sort of golden age of like animal related content for kids. This is kind of like this Animal Planet like time when you know they had the crocodile hunter and um oh, I the wild crats were on their like third or fourth show <laughs> the one that i knew them from was zabumafu zabumafu um, that's Big how i house. yeah that was my intro to the crats um but so yeah there was like this time during the 90s where there was a lot of great animal related uh media which i was the type of kid who like lived in suburbs kind of indoorsy didn't actually spend a lot of time like out in nature but i spent a lot of time learning about them um through tv and books and stuff like that so uh just kind of kept that passion all my life and then as an adult started a podcast about them uh where my husband and i dedicate time to learning about the cool animals that make up our world so we've been for the past four years we've been uh, either doing our own research ourselves to learn more about these animals for our podcast or interviewing guest experts like Kelly, um, who come on and tell me all about them, all about the cool animals that they study and work with. So um, really, the the podcast has been <laughs> my greatest source of experience <laughs> for learning about animals, but I've learned a lot. I've been doing oh, it sure. for four years. Yeah. Um, and so it's been a really great experience. But as for Pokemon, uh, my when I was, I would have been four, um, my grandmother got me for Christmas the purple see-through Game Boy Color. Ah, uh, mm, yes, Which I, I think is kind well. of an iconic one. A lot of people yes. have the purple see-through one. Um, and Pokemon Gold. Mm-hmm. And she said one of her uh, piano students had told her about this game where you can um, befriend magical animals. And she thought it <laughs> sounded like the sort of thing I would love. And I did. She was right. I did love it. I could not read yet at the time, which was a little challenging for a very text-based game. <laughs> <laughs> very text-based. <laughs> <laughs> but I kind of learned to read through mm. like playing Pokemon. Like you have to read to like navigate the game. And so I kind of like picked up on it and like like really hit fast forward on learning how yeah. to read. It was like, I gotta learn how to read. I gotta play this stupid game. Um <laughs> that's great though. 
it it worked for me um and i think it worked for my son too he had a similar experience when he was like really little he really like once he started he picked up pokemon he got really fast at reading yeah anyway um you know grew up on gen 2 and then got really into gen 3 i've played every i have played um every generation of the rpgs and some of the spinoffs i haven't played all the spinoffs but um i've been along for the ride i will say i have a huge blind spot for the anime whatever's Mm. going on with the anime i don't know weird stuff stuff goes down in the anime (laughs) weird stuff not familiar with what's happening in the anime but i have played every rpg so i'm i'm familiar with every generation well versed that's funny most people know the anime and then they're like well i've played some of the games but you're the inverse you're like games 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 i only care about the games (laughs) Uh, fair (laughs) i've only played a little pokemon go uh because i like to be outside and it something to do while i'm walking around the city absolutely pokemon go was a triumph truly i think it's the summer of pokemon go is one of the greatest summers of my life that's unlike just preserved in my memory forever as like a magical time yeah my wife won't let me play it anymore (laughs) (laughs) yeah i finally finally broke the hold uh last last fall after a noivat uh Uh. community event so i finally got my my good noivat i got a shiny i was like this is my guy i've accomplished my goals i can stop my wife was so relieved because it meant that she didn't have to watch me to keep me from going into traffic (laughs) (laughs) so who's ellen who's your guy who's your guy i have a lot of guys i tend to um usually when i play an rpg i try to fill my party with only pokemon from that generation oh interesting I try not to, like, if I'm playing, like, Gen 3, I don't really want, like, a Gen 1 Pokemon on my team. Because I feel like I've done that one already. Yeah. You know, like, I had that one when I played that generation. I want a new one. So I like to have a new guy on my team. Um, the game that I replay the most is Pokemon Emerald. Mm-hmm. Uh, and so when I do play Pokemon Emerald, the one Pokemon, I always stick in that first, like, route where you can find a Ralts. Um, I spend forever in that route and I find my Ralts and it has to be a female Ralts because I'm weird like that because it has to be a female Gardevoir, obviously. Obviously. So (laughs) I make sure I always have a Gardevoir on my team in Gen 3, but um, in Gen 3 also I make sure that I have, particularly relevant to this one, although it's not a bug type, but I think it's an honorary bug type because it should be, is Flygon. Oh, that's cute. I do like Flygon. I always make sure that I catch a trap inch in that sandy, like, desert area. And then, because Flygon is so good. Flygon is absolutely based. And I just love <laughs> Flygon so much. It should be a bug type, but it's not. Yeah, it's, oh. it's definitely one of those ones where, like, the evolution is good. Because sometimes you'll see one and you're like, Gen- you're like, oh, one's cute. Two is pretty good. I wonder where it's going for three. And then three's garbage. And you're like, what happened here? fall on this. <laughs> Oh, it looks like a little dragon. So Flygon, uh, for people unfamiliar, uh, evolves from (laughs) Trapinch. This will make a lot more sense if I can show you a picture of all three of them together. There's a Trapinch. We put a Trapinch in the Discord. So that I see him. It's like a little I'm trying to throw in the Bulbapedia entries as we go. As someone who is familiar with bugs, you may look at the trap inch flag online and recognize that they're based on antlions. Yeah, that's what it looks like. Which are an insect I had never heard of. 
And so when I was a kid, I saw this trap inch vibrava flygon and flygon seemed like so out of left field. I was like, what? This doesn't make any sense. <laughs> Why does this little guy with bear trap jaws yeah. turn into a giant dragon? Like none of this made any sense to me until I was an adult and I found out that antlions exist. I was like, oh, that's what it is. We're going to be doing antlions pretty soon because producer Derek has captured one. He's oh, got yeah. there he is. That's the He's boy. In that jar. That's the boy. <laughs> you have the boy. I actually have a couple of them right now. <gasps> you caught your own trap inches. <laughs> yeah, I'm hopeful that they will uh, metamorph, uh, but I don't know if they will. I keep feeding them my dermestid beetles. Uh, so I have a, a nice food supply for them. I have some video that we'll put up when we do that episode. That's cool. Yeah, they're very cool looking. Very Are you cool. setting up little gladiator fights with them? <laughs> no, that's that's well, not between them, just yeah, between the... their meals. <laughs> yeah, I guess Flygon would be my my little guy. I always make sure that I have. I love I love a three stage evolution because I love catching mm. a little guy and like the satisfaction of bringing your little guy up into a big cool guy. That's like <laughs> that's Pokemon for me. That's the experience. No, I totally agree. And maybe you'll join me on this this slight rant. I don't like the current generation design. Like they just there's too many human humanoid pokemon there's too many humanoid pokemon i, want I would like little to guys. steer away from the humanoids I, I, I that's enough of that yeah i i want a larva that turns into <laughs> a chrysalis <laughs> that turns into a butterfly okay i want three stage in stars <laughs> that's what i want I, with the exception of tinkaton tinkaton can stay you're good yes. you're golden you are fine <laughs> i like when here. it's like it's like, here's a Pokemon. He's a pig. And I'm like, perfect. <laughs> Got it. <laughs> well, it. You're coming home with me. You know? So. I am also like one of the very few Flamigo defenders. I'm like, <laughs> we were just talking about Flamigo. <laughs> I love him. He's great. He's nothing. I love, he's perfect. Don't change him. <laughs> he's a Flamingo that fights you. What more do you need from me? He's perfect. <laughs> but you know, it's because you mentioned like needing a Pokemon to like develop in these instars in a very like, mm -hmm satisfying resolution i don't know if this was something that y'all had prepared so i'm sorry if i'm uh stepping on your toes but uh the that was kind of like the motivation behind like the invention of pokemon yeah like I the whole like the the creator satoshi tajiri uh, has talked about how when he was a kid he would go out and like collect bugs and like watch them and and study them and he was like a like a bug kid you know he would go out and pick them up out of the dirt and and really enjoyed playing with bugs and studying bugs and stuff like that and that like the metamorphosis of bugs which i think I feel like they should have used the word metamorphosis instead of evolution. Yeah, evolution uh, does not make sense in this context. It doesn't, and also it just introduced so much more controversy into the Pokemon franchise than they oh, needed. Oh yeah, to. I remember being a kid and being like, "We can't have Pokemon in this house." There's, oh, they, they teach evolution. <laughs> while like, while that was not my household, it was adjacent to my household. There yeah. were members of my family who objected very vocally to the fact that I was allowed to play Pokemon. Um, Interesting. Because it involved evolution, and so I feel like, and and that's not even what it was. It wasn't even evolution. It was metamorphosis. Yeah, I'm like if they had just used metamorphosis, they probably could have 
skirted right around that little bit of unnecessary controversy but but yeah like uh, um tajiri's entire like childhood spent collecting bugs specifically was you know why he eventually went on to d- come up with designs for his own little guys um and you can really see that in how many cool bug type pokemon there are in the first generation like the first generation has some real bangers uh in terms of bug types like you can see you can really feel like the love for bugs come through in some of the pokemon design because there's some deep cuts in there there's like dewpider which is a diving bell spider pokemon that's like how do you know what diving bell spiders are like (laughs) there's a couple that i'm like this is a this is a guy this is a specific (laughs) dude I'm like, like this got, is one of the guys. <laughs> this is one dude. Like Pikachu is like, okay, it's like a rodent. He has electricity powers. He's cute. But then there's other ones where I'm like, why do you have this but <laughs> like this butterfly is a butterfly? Like, what do you do? This moth is a moth. I really like the fact that there's like multiple Pokemon inspired by cicadas. Like they just yes. could not get enough of cicadas. <laughs> like we're doing cicadas stop. again. That's <laughs> what guys, I've got an idea for a Pokemon. Is it cicadas again? It's cicadas. <laughs> well, uh, Amanda, you've played a lot of Pokemon. What would your Pokemon dudes be? Okay. So I have to start this off with, I am a person who I will admit in this context is very susceptible to my own nostalgia. And <laughs> And for that reason, my guy has always been Bulbasaur because like, or Ivysaur, like, cause that's like the first one, right? For me, that was the one I was eight. I didn't know what Pokemon was because I was not allowed to watch cartoons when I got home from school until my homework was done. It was a whole thing. But my friend was like super into Pokemon. He's like, okay, we're going to play Pokemon at recess. And I'm like, okay, who am I supposed to be? I'm like, just be Pidgeotto. Okay. What do uh. I do? you're a bird who says Pidgeotto. <laughs> like, that's what I did. I put my arms in my sleeves and flapped around and said, Pidgeotto, you know, as an eight-year-old. And then I eventually watched the show and, and pff, gangbusters from there. I think my first game was Emerald. Um, <laughs> you watched the show and you saw how many cooler dudes there were on the show. You were exactly. like, you I was guys. like, maybe the, the bird? I, I, I could have been a dragon and you guys had me be a bird? <laughs> I also love, I have a soft spot for Pidgey because it's just like, and here's a a, a, a dude. Here's a bird. <laughs> and it gets, a, it evolves into a bigger bird. That's, you know. So my dude has always been Bulbasaur. I like Raichu. Of the newer ones, uh, I always, always felt like I was done, because I was a grass type fan. I felt like I was done dirty that there wasn't a Leafeon, like, from Jump. Mm. That, that there there's fire, electricity, and, and water where's my leafy boy so i, I have a soft spot for leafy on too they did um, stick the landing with leafy on though that's true I, people <laughs> people try to harsh on leafy i'm like how dare you there's a leaf coming out of her head you don't need anything my else. Son. <laughs> never speak to me or my son again <laughs> love that so most of the time kelly there's one little dude it's a rat or whatever it is and it's cute and it's fuzzy and it's adorable. And then it evolves into one thing and then one thing after that. If there's three, sometimes there's only two. But Eevee was special. It was the evolution Pokemon. So you could touch it with a magical rock and it would turn into whatever type that magical rock was. So oh, interesting. It, so you had a little a little furry dude and you touched him with the electricity rock. He turned into an electrical dog. If you touched him with a fire rock, he turned into a fire dog. And... Originally, it was just three. 
the fire, electricity, and looks water. like a cute little fox. I'm looking at yes, his, so cute, very so popular. Cute. Uh, besides Pikachu, Eevee has become the like kind of unofficial secondary mascot of of Pokemon, and and they've every now and then, I'd say every four games or so, they'll introduce another type, and it's always a huge deal when they do because they're up to like eight now, I think. Oh yeah, Derek showed me a little uh, in the in the Discord is a branching evolution yes. of, of Eevee. Very cute. Yeah, I think I like so- the Umbreon. Yes, the yes, the, uh, very cool. That's cool looking. The patron saint of emo kids everywhere. <laughs> yeah. And like a lot of them come in pairs, like the, the purple one and the, the dark one. So Umbreon and Espeon came in a pair. And it was are the, you're their friend during the day or are you their friend at night? Mm-hmm. And if you're a friend during the day, oh, you yeah, got Espeon's psychic cool type. <laughs> and if you were friends at night, you got the dark one. <laughs> There's Glaceon, who you may recognize I I Drew a picture of Glaceon for Derek because his wife recently got a haircut that is very like Glaceon. Oh, yeah. The bangs. Yeah. The bangs. The bangs. <laughs> <laughs> uh, so the fairy type is the most recent. Let us back up for a moment, Kelly. Mm-hmm. So it's when it, when Pokemon first started. Imagine it's the 90s. When it first started, there was like five types. Let me put my flannel on. Hold on. Yes. Hold on. <laughs> Tie it around okay. your waist. 90s. <laughs> Think about, uh, I don't know. Who was popular in the nineties? Jonathan Taylor Thomas, Pearl Jam, and uh, pull your yeah. jeans up over your belly button securely. Correct. <laughs> uh, so imagine there's like there's like five elements, maybe more. I, I'd have to count for real, but it's like water, fire, electricity, plants, rocks, metal. <laughs> rocks, which are different from ground, which somehow different from <laughs> it's different. They're two different things. Is ground like dirt instead of rock? Yeah, yeah. It's like, it's like dirt like, and sand and like stuff. Like ground would be like the worms. Like mm-hmm. Diglett is a ground type, but a rock would be like the one that's made of rocks. It's a whole thing. <laughs> okay, <laughs> it's a lot of creatures okay. made of rocks. Um, and those all made sense, but in the thirty years since, they've all kind of you know, maybe as little things get tweaked now it's this incredibly complicated web of like dragons which interact with psychic types which interact with uh, fairy types which interact with steel types you know and like just Hmm. so that now i i don't envy anyone who's trying to like get into it because it used to be fire is weak against water Water is weak against electricity. Electricity is weak against getting punched in the face. You know, so. <laughs> and like, that's just kind of how it was. And now it's like these incredibly complicated webs of like multi-class Pokemon who are like, I'm a rogue, but I'm also a bard. Don't worry about it. <laughs> and like, there's a whole dragon that's like hugely popular, Charizard. And he's not a dragon type because dragon types didn't exist yet. <laughs> But they did some when they introduced fairy. They did some retconning. Like there was did. an opportunity there, right? Like, yeah. I mean, so I just restarted watching the anime because my five year old son is just starting to watch the anime, and it's this kid who, in the first episode, he loves Pokemon. He can't wait to get out there and do the Pokemon thing, Pokemon. And then he spends every single episode not knowing what a Pokemon is. And I'm like, this is a Caterpie. He's like, oh, what is that? Was that a Caterpie? I'm like, you live in Pokemon world. <laughs> Touch grass. What are you doing? <laughs> and you claim to love Pokemon. And yet you walk outside and the very first thing you see is a giant worm. And you're like, what's that? <laughs> I'm like, surely you should. 
It's the thing that you can't. You cannot set foot in the grass without running into one. He's bewildered at every step. Like I get that you have to do a certain amount of like the main character is our outlet into the world, but like he should be able to say, "Look, a a caterpie." Which, judging by the name, can you guess what kind of creature it is? <laughs> is is it? A caterpillar? Yes, that's correct. Yes, that's correct. <laughs> when I was little, <laughs> when I was like five, really like four or five, I had played so much Pokemon that I forgot the real word for caterpillar. <laughs> that's so cute. And I could only call them Caterpie because I forgot that Caterpie, that, that Caterpillar was the real word, word for it. Yeah. I think, Are uh, you calling Ash Ketchum a fake fan? Yeah, I am gatekeeping. Ash I'm calling out Ash Ketchum to the mat right now, as a, as a poser. Dude, you're like he's 11 and he lives in Pokemon world. He doesn't know what a Caterpie. Is. Like I, I bet you can't name five Pokemon. <laughs> Basically, oh yeah, you love Pokemon, huh? I'm Pokemon. I'm Pokemon right now. Speaking, um, speaking of the 90s, poser is such a 90s word too. It is. Oh no, I've outed myself. <laughs> <laughs> You're a phony. I think Derek uh, shared in the chat a picture of the, that Amanda drew for his wife. Oh, did with I? The, oh. With the bangs. Oh, yep. Those are the Glaceon bangs. Yeah. <laughs> if, I, I know you don't know, know Derek's wife, but let me assure you that the amount of judgment happening in that picture is correct. <laughs> uh so what animals would you say, I mean, we've mentioned a couple here, but who's the one-on-one that's just a real Pokemon in real life? That's just a a real Pokemon. As in like a, a an animal that exists that yes, is yeah, not a, a real, Pokemon that should be? A real be. guy who's not a Pokemon, but if he, if he got transmogrified into Pokemon world, you'd be like, yeah, that makes sense. So um, I've, I've said this before on another podcast, but uh, the Bombardier Beetle? The fact mm-hmm. that it's not a Pokemon is baffling. Is yeah. Because how do you pass Bombardier Beetle and go straight to like Marine Isopod? Like how do you <laughs> how do you swerve around the literal like bug with an acid cannon built mm-hmm. into its body, which like that's one to one. That's a straight up Pokemon move. Um, and then just be like, instead of that, we're gonna go for the diving bell spider, which yeah. like eight people have heard of like how do you like <laughs> sidestep that it is ridiculous to me that uh they didn't go for that i mean it's right there right like i don't yeah. see how you i don't see how you miss this no i, I don't disagree it, it, like yeah there's so many bugs and you've missed the one bug that i think yeah in real life has actual exploding powers like <laughs> <laughs> Also, like I, I was just making sure that I didn't like miss one because there's literally over a thousand Pokemon at this point. So I was scrolling through the list to make sure I didn't just like forget one. But um, the fact that like there are multiple bee Pokemon, you know, like Pokemon mm-hmm. that are like bees and stuff. Um, but there are no like straight up wasp Pokemon that I could find or think of. Really, I would argue that bee drill is a wasp, not a a bee does it not say it in the name i mean it does it's, <laughs> he's, he's definitely named bee drill i'm just saying that i they, they don't have a hive or anything they're just like hanging out on trees well, i maybe, think it's a wasp maybe maybe the name is more like like cicada killer it's a yes. bee drill 
Oh, he he's out bees. there hunting bees. Yeah. Like, oh, he drills on bees. He drills on bees. <laughs> yeah. Yellow jackets well, hunt bees, so it makes sense. Some of that might be a localization issue. Because yeah, so there's there's several you literally po- yeah. translate B drills Japanese name, it is spear. Yeah. So there's there's a couple Pokemon that that get done dirty in the American translation, particularly Gen One, because not to sound like too much of a weeb, <laughs> not to get weeb on main, but but like those early animes that made the the the, the leap over to American television were not taken seriously. They were just cartoons are for kids. Japanese cartoons are weird and dumb. Just slap some voiceovers on it and call it a day. So a lot of the early Pokemon have very literal names. This is Beedrill. He's well, got look, looking at that Beedrill. That definitely looks more like a wasp. Yeah, than a right. Like very wasp. I think they could do a lot more with like the wasp concept though, like separating mm-hmm. them from bees, right? Like I think yeah. you could do because wasps do like incredible things, right? Like they have like diabolical, like they can like you know, in control minds of like cockroaches and stuff. Like you could do like a psychic type, like oh wasp psychic type. Have, like like a psychic yeah. type wasp would be so cool, something like that. I also was thinking about it and, and there are so many um, parasitoid wasps too. You could do you something know. so cool with that. Like, aside from the fact that, like, oh, no, bug will sting you. Ouch. Like, <laughs> there there are so many, like, cooler parts of them than that. But also I was thinking about assassin bugs um, mm-hmm. and particularly wheel bugs. Because assassin bugs do some, like, diabolical stuff, too. Uh, but I was thinking about wheel bugs because I've seen wheel bugs in my old backyard and they're mesmerizing creatures. But, like, you could take such a steampunk angle with that if you did, like, because they, a wheel bug has basically a, a giant cog sticking out of its yeah, back. Yeah, they're pretty right? awesome looking. You like could a little do saw like blade. A, yeah, they're so cool. You could do, like a, a, like, a steel type or, like, if you want to do, like, a steampunk angle. Maybe it's even, like, a water type and it's, like, steam powered or something. You know, like, I think you could do something really cool with a wheel bug. And from what I've heard, I've never been bitten by one, but I've heard that those bites are not to be trifled they with. They are not, uh, from what I've heard, not comfortable. No. Uh, I mean, well, you also have a- assassin bugs who wear the corpses of other bugs on them. I mean, I don't know. If, it might like, be a little a gloomy of- for a Pokemon. I don't know. <laughs> That's what I was say. Okay, like, you don't know how gloomy Pokemon gets. I know it gets that, like- messed up. I know that, like, in the past, they've had, like, draft designs for Pokemon that, like, from the beta to the version of the game that gets released, they, like, redo the design, like, mm-hmm. because they were like, that's too much. <laughs> <laughs> so, like, Remoraid is an example, because it used to be, like, a gun, like, yeah. it used to be, like, a fish gun in the beta version, and then when they were testing it for American audiences, they were like, you can't just have a gun in this, <laughs> in this, this isn't, game. This isn't Digimon. You can't just have a gun. <laughs> Digimon is like, this one's a gun! This one's a a nuclear warhead! (laughs) This this one's just a gun! (laughs) Is there a a praying mantis Pokemon? Does that exist? Kind of. of? It's not a praying mantis, but it is an orchid mantis. There's an orchid mantis Pokemon. Yeah, it's one of the newer ones that kind of walks around, and I don't like that it walks around. And then there's there's Scyther, who should have been so oh, cool. That's right. Yeah, Scyther. Scyther should have been the coolest Pokemon to, because he just has like blades for hands, and that's but also awesome. the blades are rigid. Yeah, which is like they're supposed to do this. This is their whole thing. Yeah, they're supposed to do this movement, and then yeah. they don't do it. 
not raptorial enough. Yeah. Didn't have oh yeah, Derek's sharing on. images of them. I don't like them. I yeah, <laughs> I wish they were cooler for these. This one's got a weird axe hands. I don't. Yeah, and then there's happening? this orchid mantis one. It's probably the closest to a mantis, but she evolves up and she gets too um, ladylike. I don't like when they're humans. I don't like it. Oh, I okay. I don't like when they're human. I think they do I that do for like, perverts. I like when they slay. <laughs> I do like when they're when they're serving. I'm like, yeah. I'll I'll allow it. <laughs> there's this one bird that like has like its like Angelina Jolie leg out and that one always makes me laugh it's Ampha something I don't remember what its name is oh. I I do like it I'm like if they can make her pretty uh like Lee Vanny I love mm-hmm. her I love her um and what's funny about the orchid mantis Pokemon is that weirdly enough she's not a bug type and her Pokedex entry, I did a whole TikTok about this because I think she's really cool. Her Pokedex entry says that she's a plant mimicking a bug. A bug type. Oh, that's oh, interesting. To scare off predators that would be eating a plant. Oh, she's cute looking. Isn't yeah. she pretty? Yeah, I pretty. love her. Um, but yeah, she's a grass type, not a bug type. And she absolutely demolished me when i was playing pokemon sun <laughs> she wiped the floor with me well considering i don't know a ton about pokemon um what what do you think should be my my dude then buzzword a couple dudes that's what i said <laughs> <laughs> okay so kelly i think i've shown you a picture before of buzzwall Derek's surely about to drop it in the in the decord is that the muscular mosquito the muscular yes. mosquito man <laughs> Why is he so jacked? He just is. Don't worry about it. He is. And what's funny about this guy is he has no other evolutions. He just starts. That's just him. He He comes into this world swole. (laughs) Mr. Looks caked up. I don't know about this. (laughs) As heck. And something about his energy. I I know I just said I don't like the humanoid ones, but I'll make an exception for Fuzzwall. For like, if, because he's also huge, right? He's like man sized. Hmm. And I just want sweet, gentle baby Angel Kelly to just be walking around and someone's like messing with her. Hey, haven't I seen you at the gym? (laughs) (laughs) Don't I know you from the gym, the Pokemon gym? Uh, And then she's like, no. And then she gets out Buzzwell and he's just like, you messing with Kelly? (laughs) Oh, I love that he sounds like the Macho Man Randy Savage. Yes, Macho Man Randy Savage, Buzzwell, yes. Your brother. (laughs) He's like, <laughs> if you like cute bug, t- if you like cute Pokemon, if you like them to be cute and fluffy, yeah. there's two that come to mind. One is Joltik, and it's mm-hmm. Evolution oh. Galvantula, which is my baby. Um, Joltik though is supremely cute, extremely adorable. Uh, if if you could show Kelly a picture of Joltik, because Kelly, I think yeah. you like Joltik. Kelly, I think you like Joltik. Oh, look at how little he is. Just it's a little guy. He's so a cute. little boy. And then um, also, what was the one I was just thinking of? I just had it in my brain. And where did it go? Rebombi. Rebombi, which is based on the bee fly. It's just this adorable little fairy that's based on bee flies. And I learned this recently, that Rebombi is because the name of, I think it's the genus or the family or something of the bee flies is Bombaliidae. Mm-hmm. Yep. So, like the yeah. bomb part of the name mm-hmm. comes from the comes from Bombus. It's from insane B. Yeah. to me. Like Bombus. you can tell that, like the people that come up with these designs, like 
do a lot of research. They like yeah. either know their stuff or they do a lot of learning about it. Um, but Ribambi is extremely adorable. That was one of those ones that like was from the generation that they introduced fairy types. So they were having a lot of fun with it. <laughs> a lot of fairy types. <laughs> oh, she's very cute. Yeah. I just she's her. adorable. Very, very cute. I'm a big fan of spiders. How many spider Pokemon do we have? Is it There's just the death and bone? There's a decent amount of spiders. And I, to your to your point there, Ellen, I would say that part of why Pokemon has lasted the way it has is because of the amount of care that they really do put into There's a lot of of these little animal animal guys. You know, because what what are you really trying to find? You're trying to find animal kids and right. make, and gamify loving animals. And so. This is like the ultimate gamification of loving animals because it's all the fun parts of loving an animal, right. but with way more interesting fun facts like a tiger. I love tigers. Its skin is striped underneath its fur. <laughs> interesting. But here's a pig that only stays alive if it's still jumping because its springtail <laughs> keeps its heart beating. Like that's like so much more intense for 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 an animal kid. That's to be very intense for a children's game. Oh. Yeah, there so, are a lot of Pokemon whose lives are on the line every minute of every day. Like, <laughs> there's a lot of Pokemon whose Pokedex entries will be like, if a minor inconvenience happens to them, they will die on the spot. They will die. Like episode like eight of the anime is they have to get a fire salamander inside because if the fire salamander gets wet and his burning tail goes out, he will execute on the spot he's he will he's die a, not he's faint extinguished be dead he will permanently that's it dead. for him <laughs> like that's you like episode what? eight <laughs> I'm, I'm okay with that because maybe they're showing the delicate balance within yeah. ecosystems and between Circle food webs uh we do have uh some species we call indicator species mm. that uh if they're in, in maybe a river system and the river system is polluted uh that's the first species to go because it's highly sensitive to its environment so maybe mm. in a weird way it's teaching children about conservation <laughs> and the delicate <laughs> balance of, of of nature you know they did take this big like environmental slant a couple of generations ago where okay so there's this pokemon that was introduced way long time ago when i was a kid called corsola mm-hmm. it's a coral pokemon and then a few generations later i think it was in gen 7 i don't remember off the top of my head they introduced this um Pokemon based on the crown of thorns starfish it's called a uh, marini and toxapex I think is its evolution and this Pokemon this crown of thorns starfish preys on Corsola just like how the crown of thorns starfish preys on coral yeah, in real life that's very and cool game that they had this cool mechanic for a while where like sometimes when you were fighting a wild Pokemon it would call for help and like summon allies into the battle to fight with it so if a Corsola called for help sometimes instead of calling in another Corsola, it would attract a Marini into the mm-hmm. battle that would then attack the Corsola instead of fighting oh, with no. it. It would attack the Corsola. So it was like, it was like voicing, like expressing distress. And then that attracted a predator that would That's then very cool. like attack it. So, so, so cool. And then on the topic of Corsola, this coral based Pokemon that I think it was the next generation. I don't remember. Yeah. They introduced a ghost type variant of it called Cursula mm-hmm. that was a bleached coral. Yeah, oh, it was, it was wow. like of course that had gotten bleached. Yeah, it, yeah, it was, it was a white. That's great. Like, I mean, ghost coral thing. That is discussing conservation and climate change in in a in a way that's I think less depressing and and fun for yeah. children to to absorb and and become engaged in. And that's 
like you said, I think that's what the creator of Pokemon wanted. Yes, right. very much to so, engage. Yeah. And Pokemon is somewhat infamous for its absolute disregard for world building in the sense <laughs> of like, where do Pokemon come from? Don't worry about that. Uh, <laughs> how do they get here? Nope, not important. Fine. <laughs> Who created the universe? A Pokemon. Oh, what? You know, so like, like there's a whole. <laughs> Pokemon, they're like, this one's God. This one's God. <laughs> this Pokemon is, and like the question of what's the first Pokemon has like seven answers because like it depends on what you're really asking of what the first po- it's a whole thing but one I had that thing- exact conversation with my nine-year-old this morning <laughs> literally that exact first conversation pokemon. was what we were talking about <laughs> but one thing that they they have done in that is there's this one pokemon called trubbish which is just oh. a a sack of garbage that has gained sentience <laughs> oh, no. And like that's meant to be like this kind of like, hey, we're polluting our cities so much that it's gaining sentience. Maybe we should pollute less. So like there are these like moments of like actual like they made Trubbish kind of cute, Derek. Trubbish is kind of cute. Really cute, actually. In Gen 1, there's Muck and Grimer, who's also like a this nuclear sludge has gained sentience. (laughs) Maybe we should have less nuclear sludge. So, like, there is definitely a... we have That would to... certainly be something Japan is concerned about. E- exactly. Yeah. There's definitely... I'd be very interested to have someone do a deep dive on how Godzilla <laughs> reaches Pokemon. Because there's definitely a through line there. In yeah. my oh, own there's absolutely. so many kaiju-inspired Pokemon, yeah. right? Like, there's a yeah. lot of, like... You can see a lot of Pokemon have that, like, Godzilla format, right? Mm-hmm. Well, even, like, in the, the latest generation. Um, what was it called? Um the big ice dragon thing oh my gosh i'm drawing a blank on his name but it was a very clear like godzilla it was like a mix between godzilla and this one particular type of dinosaur that they like discovered in spain because the region's Mm -hmm. based on spain um really cool connection there but like you can see a lot of like kaiju uh like inspirations in the designs but you you mentioned grimer and muck baxcalibur thank you derek yes absolutely baxcalibur (laughs) is what i was thinking of um and the with Grimer and Muck, it, once again in like later generations, they did like a variation on them where they originally they were just a pile of purple sludge, and then in a later iteration of them, they had these rainbow sort of like stripes in the sludge to make them look like an oil spill. Mm. Oh, where neat. like they went from being this like nuclear sort of generic like toxic waste sludge to being like oil and i think that was from the region that was very like environmental like slanted um but they were unfortunately they made them look way cooler like (laughs) they looked very cool (laughs) but like a lot of times they do kind of insert you know real world ecology and real like environmental like lessons you can take away from it you do have to kind of dig for that that. stuff i like that because like there's only so much they can communicate in like a turn-based combat game, right? Like there's only so much they can really say with that. Well, um, but if you dig for it, you'll find it. Being a kid who easily got obsessed with stuff that I, I enjoyed, those kids are going to find it. They're going to yeah. read everything they can about it. They're going to find these threads. And then, you know, hopefully they will become, you know, good good world citizens, in the mm-hmm. process you know good little environmentalists yeah and I, I think oh sorry 
I was just going to say, I've talked to a lot of people on the podcast, and I know this was definitely my experience. Um, people who are otherwise indoorsy kids and maybe don't have a ton of access to natural mm-hmm. spaces, people who don't have an opportunity to go outside, people who don't really have an opportunity to connect with like real world nature, because maybe you live in a city, right? Or maybe like you don't have the type of lifestyle that allows you to spend a lot of time outside. But Pokemon is a really cool way to like simulate the experience in a way that is very exciting for kids right like a way to um like simulate the sense of adventure and going out and like exploring the world and finding like the wildlife of the world and getting excited about it so i have known a lot of people who maybe weren't animal kids or nature kids but they were pokemon kids and as an adult were like how can i chase that high (laughs) of being a kid playing pokemon (laughs) oh wait i could go out and like study bugs or i could go out and like you know do field work and and it's kind of like being a real life pokemon master so i've known people who like definitely got that out of the pokemon experience like taking an indoorsy kid and like inspiring them to love nature so i think there's a lot of value in that i will preach the values of pokemon (laughs) till the end of my life also kind of like this baked into the system dichotomy of like what do you know about pokemon if you don't know about pokemon you know the animals fight each other that doesn't seem very friendly but then the anime (laughs) is just week after week of being like we have to be nice to the pokemon we have to treat the pokemon well if the pokemon aren't your friends they don't evolve if you don't treat your pokemon well Mm -hmm. they don't fight well for you and if they if they don't like you they just straight up won't listen to you so there's kind of this yeah, I'm making the Pokemon fight. And they, they kind of stepped away from that a little bit when they were like, and sometimes you could put them in beauty pageants. You <laughs> I love the beauty pageants so much. Fight them. You can just make them cute. Which I was like, yes, why is the whole That's game not cute. this? <laughs> um, so like there is kind of like this natural tension within the game franchise of like, you have to treat the Pokemon well while you force them to battle <laughs> <laughs> with each other presumably to the you death, have to you respect know? wildlife yeah they respect the them as as living creatures even if you know they're pokemon but yeah yeah you can really tell that like they're thinking a lot because they know that they're largely marketing towards kids and they're thinking a lot about like the values they're expressing to kids and like what are we saying to kids and what are we encouraging them to do because Mm -hmm. in more recent years you're seeing them like come out with a lot of more like um I don't know value driven like software like like for the phones right you've got Pokemon Go the whole point of that was to go outside and like like build community and explore the world touch grass like that was like pokemon touch grass um for the love of pokemon go touch some grass go outside yeah so derek just mentioned in the in the chat here pokemon sleep and i was thinking about pokemon sleep but also isn't there pokemon smile too which is like an app that's meant to like encourage kids to brush their teeth and pokemon sleep which is supposed to make you like you know um encourage a healthy sleep schedule and stuff so i think that in recent years they've been thinking a lot more about like how can we actually associate i'm I'm sure a lot of it is from like a marketing perspective of like we want to associate our brand with like health and wellness and you know we want it to be the sort of thing that people feel good about putting their kids in front of um oh that's neat i didn't know i had all these about it all these branching out yeah. Things and not being involved. Japanese, I think there's a whole element to the conversation that we're not hearing, which oh, is yeah. like, 
you know, I don't know what the conversation in Japan is about like video games and what they do to kids mm-hmm. in, in America. It's a lot of like violent video games make violent kids, you know, so yeah. I don't know what that conversation is in Japan. And so it's very possible that a lot of these things are direct results of culture wars in Japan of like we our video games need to be helpful to society, you know, and so <laughs> Pokemon said, OK, great, we will do that. <laughs> we will be helpful so that you still love us and spend money on us. <laughs> are there uh, are there Pokemon that feel pretty true to the animal they take after in any way, or are they all something really about a drowsy simple? is very tapir like? I feel so. Like... <laughs> I have an answer for that. I have an answer for that for okay, why drowsy is tapir like. Drowsy and its evolution, Hypno, are based on a creature from, I know it's from Japanese mythology. I think it's also from Chinese mythology. You'll see that a lot, a lot of things that appear in both. Um, it's called the Baku. And it is based on the tapir, the like South Asian, Southeast Asian, like the Malayan tapir, which is why it looks like a tapir and why it Very even has cute. the like panda almost markings of the tapir. And in mythology, that is a creature who appears to you in dreams or, or, I, I don't remember the details of the folklore behind it, but it oh, is associated cool. with like eating dreams. I think in some versions it can like protect you from nightmares because it eats your nightmares and makes you not have them. That's what yeah. I've heard about it. Dream eater um, is one of its moves too. Yeah. Yeah. One of its moves is if your Pokemon is asleep, it can use dream eater to like attack them, um, which is cool. But that's why that is also why a lot of Pokemon designs to American audiences are nonsensical right like because right. a lot of it is based on folklore we don't have so right. there are a That's lot of really Pokemon cool, designs yeah that you cool. look at it yeah. and it doesn't make any sense to an american child because they don't have the cultural context to understand what they're looking at but like a japanese child might be able to look at it and then oh i know exactly what that is right, right. like it makes so which i think for like american audiences adds this element of like like mysticism i guess almost like i don't know if that's the right word for it but like everything seems so fantastical Mm. because it's something we've never seen before right it's like you don't really know what inspired that or anything but that is why drowsy looks like a tapir because of the baku it's very 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 cool cool. (laughs) (laughs) i've heard that some of them are actually just based on specific people like snorlax is a guy that worked at game freak in the (laughs) night <laughs> I would well, have they got into trouble. They got into trouble for naming the Abra line in um Japanese. The, yeah. the original names were named after real world like magicians. Mm-hmm. And Yuri Geller uh was like the Japanese version. <laughs> I don't know why they did this. I don't know what possessed them to just name their Pokemon just the name of a guy, like a real dude who exists. He's David Blaine. Here he is. Oh, <laughs> No, David Blaine. <laughs> so they named, I think it was Alakazam, after just this dude. And he was like, can you not? <laughs> and so they got into legal trouble over the name of this Pokemon. Um, but like, yeah, a lot of that stuff can be like completely kind of like lost on kids, especially since a lot of these are like 90s references. <laughs> like, That's kids awesome. Now are gonna be like, That's so like, ridiculous. What are you talking about? Um, so Kelly, I know in particular you love a lore and Pokemon is I just... Love- ripping in lore but like what ellen was saying about like a lot of it is japanese lore that we just don't know about like the drifloon will just straight up steal children there's like weirdly dark pockets of pokemon in gen one there's a (laughs) there's a pokemon called cubone Mm -hmm. that just walks around wearing the skull of its dead mother oh boy 
that's <laughs> that's Jen. That's where they start. Ooh. They start at you walk around Set with the, the stone. tone. <laughs> and then there's ones that yeah, they like steal you in your sleep. There's ones that eat your dreams. Uh, like the the whole subset of ghost Pokemon gets very creepy right away and because it's japanese folklore it's like new to you so you're not like desensitized to it yeah like oh i've heard this story my whole life and so yeah yeah you, sometimes you accidentally stumble upon <laughs> oops <laughs> all the nightmares <laughs> oh boy do you guys want to mention fan theories real quick oh do you have any do you have any fan theories you love ellen I'm unfortunately not super plugged in uh, to um like I don't know fan I steer away from like fandom communities for things I deeply love because fair. I don't want that. I don't want to be like brought down by it like I'm stuck with Pokemon for the rest of my life <laughs> I know that I don't want to I don't necessarily want to be bogged down by it but there's one fan theory I'm sorry that the question is fan theory you love because I have a fan theory I hate okay I'm um, with you we're here for judginess. Is it the, the Cubone one? Because no, that was it's not the Cubone one. It's the Venonat and Caterpie one. Oh, where they've been switched? Yes. Mm. Um. So the idea is that Venonat and Caterpie should have been swapped. Caterpie should evolve into Venomoth. Venonat should evolve into Butterfree. And the reason I don't think that's true, first of all, there's proof that it's not true because if you look at the index numbers of the Pokemon, they were clearly Caterpie, um, Metapod, and Butterfree were designed as a set of three. You can see that in the index numbers. They were added to the design sheet at the same time together. They were always meant Mm. to be together. Venonat was added early in development, Venomoth much later, but still, like, they, they weren't a set. So, like, you can see it in the in the documentation <laughs> that they don't like <laughs> But looking more, because a lot of this is based on the morphology of the Pokemon, right? People look at Venomoth, it's dark colored, it's fuzzy, it has compound eyes, just like um, Butterfree, it's dark and has compound eyes. Like, similar mm-hmm. facial features and everything. But Butterfree is based on a, I think, a swallowtail butterfly. And if you look at the caterpillar of that butterfly, it looks exactly like Caterpie. Like, mm-hmm. 100% that's Caterpie. It couldn't go with anything else. If Butterfree evolved from Venonat, that would make that would be nothing. <laughs> that would be ridiculous. <laughs> right. Because and a lot of people are like, well, Caterpie has these like lens style eyes where it's like got these big round eyes. It's just like the one lens. But that's because Caterpie's eyes were inspired by the eye spots on the mm-hmm. caterpillar of that butterfly. So like, yeah, that's just a design choice they made. And then Venonat being a little fluffy round guy, like that's Very what cute. moth that's what moth <laughs> caterpillars look like, like, right? Like they're fluffy and little round balls of fluff and like yeah, they have the same face. Some designer didn't want to draw a whole new bug face. It's like I already drew a bug face. Just put the same bug face on the other one and we'll use that bug face. Call it a day yeah yeah that's interesting i i think yeah so look at that caterpie there in the discord i think what you're really looking at is what i sometimes refer to as the glenn keen effect which is that every single woman in disney looks exactly the same for about a decade (laughs) and it's because their lead female designer was glenn keen and he just draws the same girl over and over again can only make one girl he makes one girl (laughs) and like that worked for a while in animation Don Bluth draws the same dude three times, okay? Like, he can draw a big beard man, he can draw a cute 90s rom-com boy, and he can draw, like, a sexy girl. That's what Don Bluth draws. And Glenn Keane has that same thing where the reason why 
Jim Hawkins' mom looks exactly like Ariel is because Jim Keen, Glenn Keen drew both. And so I, I, I agree with you. I think it's just a, a case of this artist's oeuvre says this is what a bug face looks like. And they already twice. hit perfection with Butterfree yeah. and they were like, or with Venonat, because I guess they designed Venonat first. So they were yeah. probably like, you know what? I don't feel like making a whole new bug face. We nailed it the first time. Let's use the one we already made. Keep it rolling. Let's not, let's not reinvent the wheel here. <laughs> and like, they did not know how big Pokemon was going to get yeah, at first. You can't predict like, that sort of stuff. They really were not putting their entire heart and soul into some of this stuff because you could tell they were kind of like, yeah, we don't really know how this game is going to go. Let's do our best. And, you know, they, they weren't putting as much into it as I think they did in later years when they were like, oh, the whole world is playing this. You know, some of it was they were kind of like, you know what? I don't know. <laughs> make it a make it a rock with arms. I don't know. Just put something out there. <laughs> right. And like sometimes you'll have uh disparities between the anime and the the you know the the game. The game has a manga, the manga has an anime, you know, like there's a lot of like all three of these things are being made at once, so there's not like a a source for a lot of it. So right. like in the games, Graveler has arms. Or not Graveler, um Geodude just like has arms. Mm-hmm. In the car, in the comic book, he walks around on those arms. <laughs> but because they didn't want to animate that for the anime, he just flies. Yeah, he just floats around, <laughs> which makes no sense. Zero point zero percent sense that he can fly around. But like, he just flies around now because the animators didn't want to animate some dude walking around on his arms. <laughs> I think Flea, they didn't Flea expect. Flea. I think they didn't expect full-grown adults to have, like, thoughts and feelings about the Pokemon lore 30 right. years down the line, right? So, like, I don't know. <laughs> like, again, like, anime was not serious business in the 90s. It was just put your kid in front of this fodder, you know? Right. Like, until Cowboy Bebop comes along, there's really not a serious anime that has made the jump. So I can I can see why at the time they would probably not, you know, be putting a ton of thought into some of this stuff, right? I was like, they probably weren't expecting people to take it as seriously as they do now. Or for like those design choices to matter decades later. Yeah. (laughs) It sounds like they've gotten better through the, the iterations of Pokemon and, and again, with the sort of environmental message, it's it's cool. It's you guys are making me want to play Pokemon. Although I don't know (laughs) if I can get into it now. Ellen, are you familiar with the lore for Deoxys? Only very vaguely. Only very vaguely. I because I uh, played the Gen three games um, at the time when like Deoxys could only be distributed by like a physical like event at a physical location that you had to go to, and I was a child, <laughs> <laughs> so I did not know much about Deoxys. <laughs> there was a movie about Deoxys, but yeah, there's been there's like what twenty movies now. It's ridiculous. So, it's a DNA Pokemon. So Deoxys, oh, oh, Deoxys, I believe it's okay. Is it, is it Deoxy, yeah. yeah, yeah. And he's got like these uh, helix arms, which to like... this day is how I remember what DNA stands for. <laughs> but I, th- my thought was that it was like they got a, a grant or something. Like there's that one episode of Buffy that's really bad, uh, <laughs> where it's one about underage drinking. <laughs> how dare you? <laughs> this one stands out because it got an Emmy nom. For like yeah. hair and makeup. And hmm. the, the rumor was that they were appealing for some special uh, youth drug and alcohol prevention grant in when they wrote it. They did not receive this grant, but that rumor has persisted that they were mm. going for it. 
Interesting. And it's notable for being like a bad episode from a bad season, but it got an <laughs> Emmy nod. Like they drink beer and become cavemen is what happens. It's <laughs> terrible. Oh, I wanted to show Kelly another bug type Pokemon that I like. I'll drop it in the message right here. Yeah, show this me all the bugs. Froze Moth. That was one that I was hoping we'd get to. I love Froze. Oh, cool. Very pretty. She's beautiful. Very, very pretty. So I, I need um to play Pokemon. It's I need like a Nintendo system, don't I? I mean, so unless I want to use an emulator. You could use an emulator if you wanted. That's actually what I replay. Um, I actually replay Emerald on an emulator pretty often. And I just run it on my phone. So you could do it like that if mm. you wanted. And also it might be easier to enter into the franchise in an earlier generation because there's just less to know but yeah. i will say that like recent games like games on the switch um are definitely made with kids in mind so they know you're new to the franchise right like, like they know you don't know this stuff off the top of your head a lot of a lot of complaints about the current games are that they are they put training wheels on you for a lot of it like they'll remind you what the type advantages are right mm-hmm. they'll like constantly like telling you more like things that we as people who have played these games for decades <laughs> like, we feel a little like well i had to memorize this stuff right like yeah. i just had to know this stuff off the top of my head and now they're like you know they kind of people complain that they hold your hand too much i don't care like it's fine right if my nine-year-old can play it i don't it's it's no big deal yeah let let the Um, kids enjoy right like let them there's a thousand of these things you just can't like memorize them like that anymore so you know the more recent games are definitely beginner friendly because they do kind of like explain a lot to you along the way um but there's also you know you could download one of the older games on an emulator or something they're always like they know they know kids are playing. They don't expect you, like, they don't rely on a lot of background knowledge. Yeah. I think I have an old Game Boy kicking around somewhere that I have, probably still works. I have that purple Game Boy I was talking about. Um, <laughs> I don't have it in my room because my son was playing with it the other day, uh, but I still have it. So, it, it, Dioxys, I think, is one of the ones that, so, it's... Again, trying to educate the children, trying to educate the children. And it's based off of DNA. And I think it's from space. It's like an alien virus that comes to Pokemon Earth and gains sentience, as it so often does on Pokemon Earth. What is <laughs> in the air at Pokemon Earth? <laughs> what is happening on Pokemon Earth? But like when it came out, so this is like the 10 year anniversary of Pokemon was the release of this DNA alien that has like multiple attack forms and it will get you. And I guess NASA like hosted a bunch of events and released like physical cards that you could only get at these release parties. And so now it's like highly coveted. Oh, you know, oh. the trading game cards, which we haven't even <laughs> talked about the trading game, the card game. Oh my gosh. Huge blind spot of mine. I just, I like the art and that's it. That's yeah, as far as exactly. I can get into it. I like I, the little uh, pictures. Yeah. That's cool. I liked the little pictures and I had some like good cards as a kid because we had a I Japanese, ex- we had a know. Japanese exchange student come one summer and she stayed with us for like three weeks and that was all. And her like parting gift to us was to hand us kids like 300 pokemon cards oh she's like here you go i know you guys like pokemon we were like thanks (laughs) i think her name was yuki i don't quite remember because i was eight um and she's like here you go and like in that that stack was like a shiny charizard like 
Blastoise. It, and we have a couple of them still kicking around. Unfortunately, I think the really truly valuable ones are Vamoost, but <laughs> my older son is way, way, way into the into the trading cards. Yeah. Um, and I unfortunately like I like I said, I collected them as a kid, but I just like it's had a resurgence right? and over I would say over quarantine, a lot of adults got back into right. it. Yeah. A, there's a, a couple mall. years ago there was a big there's a mall just a couple miles from our house and we were there a couple weekends ago just randomly kicking it. I luckily I had my 9-year-old with me because they were having a swap meet at the mall mm-hmm. and there were like dozens and dozens of people with tables set up where they were like selling and trading their Pokemon cards or some people were just there displaying their collection and they had these incredible like first edition like original print uh, like Japanese cards that like never got released in America and like these amazing my son was in heaven Aww. right and I'm walking around like okay yeah that's cool but my, my son was like <laughs> losing his mind I, I was a Magic the Gathering kid so I had similar, a, similar vibe, similar yeah. vibe. <laughs> <laughs> so I can understand the, the the feel of this. Certainly, Derek used to play tournaments at the local GameStop. Just oh, I only played know. a few. I only played. <laughs> <laughs> Own it, Derek. You had like at least a couple badges. It's more than me. Yeah, because they, they did the events at like Toys R Us, and so I did a couple of those. I only ever got like to the Cascade badge, so that that kind of dates when it was. Because there's like full adults <laughs> playing. Yeah, I, I mostly <laughs> lost. I think I won like one game. Plus, and that's, that's a win. A win is a win. Magic the Gathering kind of has the same problem, especially now. That oh, like, yeah. if you really want to win, you have to pay money to get the good cards to get the best deck. Yeah, it's yeah. Not, worth, not worth doing. Because I've heard a lot fun. of Magic the Gathering people complaining that now you can just buy pre-built decks, and it's like mm-hmm. just an auto win. Like I paid the two hundred bucks to get this perfect yeah. deck that just always wins. That's not, that's I not have... fun. I have most of my old cards. I sold some of them. I sold the more expensive cards when I was in my 20s and I kept the rest. And I occasionally, just for the hell of it, buy a little booster pack of whatever the new magic Mm. set is because I like to look through them. But I have no one to play with. So they just sit in a box. That's what my my son is a collector. He doesn't play the the game, the battling game. He doesn't battle the cards or anything. But I have ordered specific cards for him online, where like mm-hmm. he had a specific card that he wanted, and mm-hmm. I would find it online. I would order them from like a local like place that traded cards and stuff. So I have done that for my son. Um, I I mean he doesn't battle right. Like if it if he were battling i don't know i don't think i would feel differently about it if he were battling right and he wanted like a specific card to like do better in the game i don't know it's already the whole thing's already kind of a scam anyway so like (laughs) i don't care right but collecting is fine if he's just gonna enjoy the card yes there was why not he really wanted a Noivern card because Noivern's his favorite Pokemon. That's and Derek's so favorite too. <laughs> I found really. Yeah. He's he a big bat boy, so loves Noivern. So I bought him. I ordered online as like a school incentive, you know, do good at school, and then you know, at on this day, you know, we'll I'll get you this card. And I ordered it from him. He was so excited to get it in the mail because it was like Aww. the one particular card he wanted. It was really fun. There was a thing a little while ago where people were like taking their obviously not very valuable Pokemon cards and like 
painting the rest of the card to match the image there's some really good ones you can get some really cute etsy i painted the rest of this pokemon card cards i've seen people do that and also make them into 3d art Mm -hmm. so like they have multiples of a a card they'll like take an exacto knife and cut pieces out and layer them to make the card like 3d i really like that i've never been brave enough to try (laughs) (laughs) i always think i can do that and then i was like nope no 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 Know your limitations, Amanda. And this is one of them. I think some people also um, will take a like a circular like hole puncher or something. Mm-hmm. If they have a car that they have a lot of, they'll punch like the picture out of it and use it as like a placeholder mini for like D and D. Oh, that's adorable! I I've seen people that. that like I've seen them do this with uh, with Magic the Gathering cards. That like if there's a certain card they have a lot of, they'll like yeah. cut a they'll like make it into a little like token. Mm-hmm. Uh, that they use for like Dungeons and Dragons games, which I think is a cool idea for that. That is very cool. Uh, we wanted to talk about what was it? Fromoth? Fro? Fro? Oh what? yeah, Fromoth. Yeah. Oh, I was just Fromoth? showing that to Kelly. I thought I thought it's a pretty. pretty it's cool. very pretty. Well, I'm going to pretend that you're recommending it to her because she, you know, because obviously you're <laughs> a huge fan. Is that we love Wooly Bear on this podcast? So that's a baby. Oh. Which it's funny that Snom isn't like the little woolly bear guy like they went in a different direction they did a jewel caterpillar for snom so like you'd think because that type of moth is like pretty well known for their caterpillar form but they like didn't do that at all (laughs) (laughs) no yeah because especially because woolly bear has like sleeps over the winter can predict the weather powers you think snom would be the shoe in for that but nope although i will say they did nail it with snob snob is extremely I mean, cute very good. <laughs> i'm glad I they did it that way it's really that. good i can't argue with results okay so i wanted to do the uh i have a little pokemon quiz for kelly to do yeah so kelly knowing that you know so very little about the this world of, of pokemon little. do you feel like you've learned anything at all i think so i think i've learned a little bit yeah okay are you ready to play is that a pokemon <laughs> is it is it cake <laughs> is it pokemon <laughs> rather than who's that pokemon we're gonna play is that a pokemon yeah, right. we're going to include um oh. pokemon <laughs> actor hello <Lynch>. jonathan franks <laughs> there, there he is there's I'm this so one sad that listeners can't see this <laughs> this is amazing there's this one tiktok of like what it's like talking to an adhd person <laughs> and it's just it's just our boy and he's just like ants asking all those questions at the beginning of factor fiction have you ever seen a train have you ever whispered into the night have you and i'm just like yes this you is found entire a dead body. <laughs> have you ever been playing pokemon go and stumbled across a corpse you know because like, i happened to it like at least eight people that game true that is exactly like talking to me at any any given moment <laughs> just walking up to a party have you ever considered the color blue you know so. <laughs> my poor husband is always like where are these questions coming from and i go i don't know i just thought about it and he goes you don't sometimes have to everything doesn't my have friends, to come to your mouth <laughs> right sometimes me and my friends play a, ga- a game called follow that train which is when i say something and they're like amanda what does that mean <laughs> how did you get there and I'm like we were talking about bunnies how did you end up at you know Oh, yeah, Space you're, travel. You're ten steps like, past bunnies. <laughs> yeah, yeah. I've moved on. In ten bunnies. seconds, me too. My yeah. secret was I wasn't listening while we were talking about bunnies. <laughs> I was already not there. <laughs> That's my secret. I'm always thinking about something else. 
All right. So, um, I think I think that one's a Pokemon. Can you describe this guy? Um, so we. Do you want me to describe or Kelly to describe? Kelly. Okay. Uh, it it looks like a little pink cat, sort of, with a long, weird tail, with a flat piece on the end, like a little paddle. Is is that a Pokemon? Oh, oh it's called a it's Mew. Called... Okay. You were so you were right on with cats. <laughs> All right. So this I... is one of the contested first Pokemon. Can I give some uh, context into like the inspiration behind the design? To yes, please do. Bit? Please do. So if you look at the beta, as in like the first iteration of the sprites for this Pokemon, mm-hmm. um, it ha- it look it does not look nearly as cute as the version you see before you. It looks a little grotesque because Mew was originally based on an embryo. It's like a fetus. A fetus? Why would you yes. do that? Why would because you... Mew was designed to be the predecessor to Mewtwo. They actually designed Mewtwo first and then mm. wanted Mew to be like the earlier iteration of it. And the idea was that Mew was supposed to be like the ancestor of all Pokemon and that like all Pokemon like genetically come from Mew, um, which is weird because like that doesn't. I don't know. The lore gets a little confusing about that. But so Mew, I think, was inspired by this idea of like embryology, like that when that like most vertebrates have like a very similar like embryo shape, right? Like if you look far, like early enough in embryo development, yeah, most embryos kind of look the same. Yep. Um, I think it's like inspired by that idea. That's weird. Isn't it weird? weird It's so weird. If you in the movie, Mew travels around in a bubble that looks like the like placental membrane, like it looks like a like a fetal membrane. Yeah. Wow. So the the first Pokemon movie is one of the ones that like so American audiences got chopped up versions of anime movies. Like the Digimon movie remains like a travesty because it's just like three movies that they chopped up and put into one movie so they could release one 90 minute film but the pokemon movie gets like all of mewtwo's history all that stuff cut out they're a lot cooler with morally gray characters yeah yeah like a a lot lot cooler with that (laughs) so there's a lot of stuff that like just you're like why how do we get here when you're watching the american version of the pokemon movie because they've just cut out all of like mewtwo's backstory which obviously directly contributes to his like motivations of why he wants to get rid of people mm. and the answer is like oh mm, you too you're like, you oh, might be yeah. right Hold on. <laughs> you might be correct <laughs> to get rid of people they kind of suck you know but the and american like, audiences were like we don't want to confuse kids like yeah. we, we, you can't be feeling sympathy for villains you right can't, we can't have that this is pre <laughs> the incredibles where it's like no syndrome was kind of right <laughs> <laughs> Um. Hmm. So this this is like a chunky cat with glove ears for some reason, and <laughs> I think that's his tail. But he looks like he's got a little kettlebell on his butt. Uh, I'm gonna go with not a Pokemon because the eyes don't look. Oh, it is a Pokemon. <laughs> oh, oh, okay. Perugly. Rough, rough name, rude name. Yeah, yep. Pokemon sure is. And Very it's rude. and it's its pre-evolution was actually pretty cute. So this one made me pretty mad in the game. <laughs> the <gen laughs> where this cat was He's not a good. I thought one. I was going to get something cute, and I got this. <laughs> this thing's so mean. <laughs> and I love a ch- I own a chunky cat who I love very much, but he's adorable. And th- but this guy is not. He did this one dirty. <laughs> yeah. 
Uh, right. We always refer to this one as uh, as Rotunda when my wife is playing. Aww. <laughs> oh, Rotunda is so much cuter, though. <laughs> All right, who's next? Uh, bug boy, bug boy. Yeah, this is a bug boy. It looks like a caterpillar. It's got a little beak. He's got lightning bolt eyes, which um, does not happen in nature. Uh, <laughs> he's got some crinkly <laughs> antennae. And uh, a little, a little pinchy butt. Um, not a Pokemon. Oh, he disappeared. Not this time. Oh, he was fake. Oh, oh Jonathan. Jonathan got it. Oh, but yeah, we gotta. We'll, have to, we'll probably we should put this up as like a voiced over <laughs> video for people to watch because. Because instead of it saying fact, it's just Jonathan Frake's face. And <laughs> yeah. No other information provided. It's very cute. So Kunamon uh, is a Digimon, which I know you have personal oh, beef with, Kelly. Okay. That that Digimon came to your house and and was rejected for being a knockoff. Yeah, but it, you told me that Digimon yes. is is before Pokemon. First. It's technically first. It, yeah. False prophet. Yeah. <laughs> and Digimon lost that race. There was really a I battle know. there for a while about who was going to win the monster that you keep in your pocket wars. Yeah. And the answer has been Pokemon. Pokemon. <laughs> Which Digimon gets dark. I don't know if you've watched any Digimon at all, but no. I recently rewatched it, probably last summer. My husband's been rewatching it recently. Uh, It's another one of those animes that like goes to a dark... Like the first villain is like the devil like it's intense <laughs> it gets intense Yikes. right away yeah. and like several of the characters go through arcs where they have to learn that their friends and family do really love them and they're not just like pretending to love them for gain Whoa, that's it's, weird it's crazy what were like, the, what's what wrong with the digimon, year old? <laughs> what were the digimon like crew going through what were you going who, through who, guys? who hurt them? processing who hurt and it those is people that's a dip into amanda's fandom history it is the first case of where i like really shipped two characters <laughs> and then that didn't come true at the final and i was pissed 12 year old <laughs> me was so mad that they dared to not pair up the pairing i like did so. you want this like evangelion like for kids <laughs> like it really is kids first it existential really crisis anime but what if your what if your mom is just pretending to like you mm-hmm. <laughs> what if your little brother is glad that your parents divorced so he can get away from you huh i, huh? I do i do yeah, appreciate because dark i like when children's media is not afraid to tackle stuff like that because like yeah. that's reality for some for a lot of kids right? right like that's maybe an experience that kids are having and like maybe that's something they need to work through and need to like <laughs> see work through on a digimon is a strange messenger for that but yeah. you know what like maybe some kids need to hear it you know <laughs> like tough topics are not outside the reach or the grasp of children because kids go through tough stuff yeah and like sometimes they need to see that like represented and sometimes they need to like feel that a little bit it's it feels weird for american audiences right mm. for us we shelter like, our kids way too much from that sort of stuff we yeah. are very much like we want our children's media to be like idealized mm-hmm. to be like we want it to reflect like the world you want or like what you should aspire to we want our worlds and fiction to be like aspirational but it's not that way for everybody, right? So I'm. Digimon takes some interesting turns, but. <laughs> and Kelly and I have discussed before that, like, there's a certain age where a certain type of girl 
and boy, but girl, <laughs> go through. You just love the most effed up crap. Like you're <laughs> oh into God. like the Greek mythos where he gets his liver taken out by birds. Oh, Pompeii kids rise up. <laughs> exactly. Like you're just you're staring oh, at those pages kids. of eyewitness. Yeah, yeah. Just like yeah, and then they burned up in the volcano. <laughs> and, and like there's a TikTok about it where it's like how parents think kids play. Okay, now that I have these these tea times we can have fun and then it's like how kids shopping (laughs) right and then how kids actually play is like now that you have offended our (laughs) deepest law you are cast into the volcano of eternal punishment (laughs) (laughs) too bad you know like that's how kids play really so sometimes i think digimon had it right go dark um so this next one looks like a dolphin with a cannon on its head where its blowhole should be and a real funky looking dorsal fin uh i like there's a little person there so i know how big it is it's uh, <laughs> apparently very large for scale for scale um it seems like a thing that would be a pokemon so i guess i'll say yes to that it's false oh i've been jonathan oh, <laughs> so this is a fakemon which is when people make pokemon that they wish existed or otherwise just imagined in the fandom and they try to emulate the style of pokemon very much which is interesting because over the last 30 years there's been a lot of style drift you know it started off that kind of you know and you see it with like the latest sailor moon versions that 90s sailor moon is so 90s and right. then they remade it in like 2018 and tried to emulate the manga style and failed <laughs> but well this, this is a this is a fake mon by a reddit user called uh fallen oh oh it's right it comes from our fake mon and i actually can't read that username derek you're gonna have to type oh it it's out. fallen devast he devast. granted us permission to use okay. some of his art shout out to fallen devast for making extremely good making good pokemon Pokemon. i do i love uh in this design the like changing the dorsal fin to like work for different types of propulsion you've got one that looks like a sail and then the other one that looks more like like another paddle paddle yeah i think it's a different type of sail like one Uh is a like uh i don't know boats but (laughs) like a pirate ship versus like a rich person like a, ship a galleon like a versus yacht. a yeah. sailboat is that's it, it it's a like. galleon it's a yeah galleon. of course it's in yeah. the name of this one. <laughs> I, I i try to stay away from looking at um like i, I don't spend a lot of time looking at fakemon designs because they make me sad that they're not like canon or like in the real games right. like i just get my heart broken i see that and i'm like these are incredible they're so good they're yeah so amazing and then i just get like heartbroken that i can't actually and there's kind them. of this double-edged sword of like oh i want to put this idea out there so that people will see it and like maybe they'll make a real pokemon but then there's mm-hmm. also this inverse of like oh we can't make that pokemon now because it right. exists already you know and yeah. it's right like- they clearly can't do that <laughs> well i i love whatever this next one is it's a yeah. chompy it's a chompy boy chompy, and i love chompy. a chompy boy uh it looks like a little chompy shark and he's got cute little feet and i don't know what that is on the side of his head like little little torpedoes or something um he's adorable but i don't think he's a pokemon 
He's a Pokemon. He's a Pokemon. <laughs> Look at him. I'm so bad at this game. His name is Gible. Is it Gible or Gibble? Gibble. Yeah, I've always heard Gibble. 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 It needs Gibble, two Gibble. B's if it's gonna be a Gibble. Now, now Gibble makes much more sense when you see what he evolves into. Uh, right. Because his final form is incredibly cool. Is it? Like one oh. of the coolest Pokemon. If you can show Kelly Garchomp, yeah. please. Garchomp is my boy. Can you drop that guy in the discord for me garchomp is like top tier such an amazing pokemon absolutely dominated oh wow like, he's pretty cool scene for a while but so garchomp is like a a cross between a hammerhead shark and a dragon and i'm here for it mm-hmm. and pretty like cool. a jet plane also mm-hmm. like kind of a plane yeah <laughs> I, I do like that you completely nailed Gibble's like like a description of Gibble's design because he is a shark with torpedoes on his head. Like that is exactly what Gibble is. I wasn't a hundred percent sure, but I'd love no, you got his it. squatty chompy business. Yeah, Gibble is so cute. Oh, this is a pig with a pink orb on its head and a little springtail. Uh this feels like a Pokemon to me. This is ridiculous looking. It's called Spoink. <laughs> Oh, this is the one I referenced earlier where like he has to bounce oh, or his no. heart doesn't pump because his springy tail is actually like his circulatory system. Oh. So he's got an open circulatory system. Yes. Like open. He's like, actually a bug. Like our bug friend. So he's got to kind of pump that abdomen or in this case, a weird spring tail to keep everything moving. I like it. He's also psychic type for some reason. Hmm. That part I don't understand. Look at, look into his eyes and tell me that he's, he's not seeing a- things about you. <laughs> he's no got a little thing. crystal ball on his head. He's adorable. This seems like a knowledge gap for me. I've never really looked into Spoink's design, but like, there's got to be something here. I'm like, this is one yeah. of those designs that I'm like, there's something I don't understand about this. Like, there's something I'm not getting. Is it like a reference? <laughs> I don't. Oh, here's three. All right, we've got a little red caterpillar, um, a little blue pupa, which has got some interesting horns, almost like a stag beetle, and then it becomes a flying. I mean, they're a flying grenade bug. They, they all look like grenades a little bit with um, little pinchums and wings. Mm, I don't know. This is tough, guys. <laughs> this is tough. I don't think this is a Pokemon. There's something weird about it. It's a made up tale. There he is. There's my man. There's number one. <laughs> number one. <laughs> <laughs> so this is fake fake on again by that that user fallen devast and uh it is i like it it's fun i it, like the grenade weird. fly that's pretty cool I feel like, yeah this is one that could take the jump yeah he's an american idiot unfortunately. <laughs> um this looks like a dirty caveman <laughs> he looks like an episode of Buffy. Yeah, with uh, <laughs> he's got some horns. He he's giving me a like, uh, like dwarf vibes, like fantasy dwarf vibes, sort of. Very Gimli. Gimli. He's got little horns and a. <laughs> you have my axe and a, a, a weird or little umbrella tail. in this case. This is probably a Pokemon. This is strange enough, but not too strange. Her circuit is this supposed to be a cat? <laughs> yes. So, oh uh, boy, probably a decade ago now, they introduced <laughs> the idea of of regional variants, which is just an easy way to take a Pokemon that people already love. In this case, Meowth, 
mm-hmm. and then they make a version that lives somewhere else. So originally all the all the games take place in different regions of Japan. Kanto, Hokkaido, that sort of thing. Okay. And now in the newer games, now that it's such a global phenom, right? They've had like a game set in Spain. They've had a game set in England. They've had games that are set not in Japan. And so with those new biomes, they've introduced variants of Pokemon that already exist if they had quote unquote evolved mm-hmm. in that different landscape. So like there's a a unicorn Pokemon called Ponyta, who in the Japanese version is just a unicorn, but instead of a mane, it has fire. Okay. Very simple. Very to the point. Incredible. Huge hit. Huge Minimalist. hit. Sounds fun. Like, yeah. So like Sounds very simple fun. but elegant in design. And some of those early Pokemon have that where they're like, it's a unicorn, but there's fire for hair. And you're like, perfect. I'm on board. I love it. Let's do this. <laughs> Amazing. Give me and more. Then, yeah. In the quote unquote English variant where uh, two dogs fight with a sword and a shield, um, they have a ponyta variant that's like got rainbow cotton candy hair instead. And uh, also a huge hit. People love that. Hmm. You can't go wrong with unicorn variants. Just do that more unicorn. That was the entire reason I got shield version <laughs> instead of sword version. Exactly. Exactly. Incredible. I bought, I, I, I made, I prioritized. I got it as quickly as I possibly could and it never left my team. They are garbage. Their stats are nothing. They're complete trash, but Doesn't I matter. used it to the end. <laughs> <laughs> love her. So Berserker is one of those. It's, okay. It starts as a regional Meowth. And then it had a different evolution line than regular Meowth. It okay. went into this thing. This preserve. That you could only get in Pokemon England. Pokemon <laughs> UK edition. Uh, oh, this guy's cute. He's a little white bug. He's got little nymphal wings, so not fully formed. This is He's a little instar happening right here. Um, I know he's got maybe a little digging front hands i would assume they're kind of wide look like they're little paddles Mm, this is probably a pokemon okay oh ninkata very so it's a cicada type it's It's one of the cicadas very cute (laughs) very very cute yeah i like that one what does it become ninkata is really cool because it is to my knowledge the only pokemon where one Pokemon evolves into two individual Pokemon. So you have to oh. have an empty slot in your party so that when it evolves, it will become two Pokemon. Um, and oh, he's it cute evolves. It's, he's so cute. Yeah. He evolves into uh, Ninjask, which is like a, a fully formed adult flying cicada. He's very fast and he's a, like a, a real like attacker. But the other one he evolves into at the same time, if you have an empty slot in your party, if you don't have an empty slot, you will not get this Pokemon, is Shedinja, which is the a ghost type because he is the empty shell that has been <laughs> shed by the cicada when oh, they that's mold. Fun. Like yeah, how you can find yeah. like cicada shells everywhere. He's that. And it's, he's empty. So it's he's called it uh, Exuvia. Exuvia is the term. They should have just named him Exuvia. That's a great word. It's a great name. Extremely cool word. Elytra (laughs) has evolved into Exuvia. (laughs) That's very cute. Yeah, I really like Shedinja. And Shedinja is an extremely gimmicky Pokemon because it only has one health point. But Mm -hmm. you can only uh, do damage to it if you get a super effective move. 
Um, and there's not like that many types it's vulnerable to. So it could be kind of difficult to work with, but um, it's really gimmicky. Like people use it yeah. for like giggles sometimes. Yeah. Who's next? Oh, um, <laughs> this looks like a cross between a pig and a vole. And he's wearing a chef's hat and he's carrying a little mushroom. Are you sure it's a chef's hat? Or is it not I mean, just it could a be a little mushroom? another mushroom yeah <laughs> it does look like a mushroom so is he a truffle pig he's supposed to be a little truffle pig i'm assuming um i don't think this is a pokemon it's a little too gimmicky although maybe it that's never, never... oh yeah! Freaks. <laughs> yeah i'm impressed if i didn't know if i didn't like know for sure already that that wasn't one i would have for sure said that that was I a pokemon so. I this think is, this is a better evolution for LeChonk than we end up with. Yeah, I think so too. I don't, the, the Charlotte's Web sexy pigs of LeChonk make me uncomfortable. Yeah, this is a, again cute. Uh, by Fallen DeVest from Reddit. He's called Adobor. Ad- Adobo and Bor. That's how I would have yeah, thought. Yeah, Adobor, yeah cute i do very i cute. love this he's great yeah and and a lot of pokemon are very gimmicky they're like very they like <laughs> have a theme or something that like can be very silly um a lot of pokemon they don't they're like that's fine you, you figure that out <laughs> he's garbage that has gained sentience there's a whole that's pokemon fine. who's like his entire deal is that he paints and that's it mm-hmm. that's it that's, that's all it. there is to him he just paints <laughs> his name's not smeagol but it just looks like smeagol every single time it comes on my screen <laughs> Um. Oh, so he looks like a little. He looks like a pupa to me, but he's got eyes for some reason, and uh, you don't. All the pupas have eyes. They yeah, never lose you their don't eyes. See, <laughs> eyes and a pupa. Um, but he's gray and spiky, and he's got some fancy little eyebrows going on. Probably a Pokemon, because I could see him becoming something else. Pupitar. Pupitar is what does he become? Does he become something else? He becomes my baby, one of my first favorite Pokemon. The beautiful, the incredible, the majestic Tyranitar. Oh, he's cool looking. Yeah, Tyranitar is really cool. cool. He's a little Godzilla. He kills on Go. If you can evolve him on Pokemon Go, you want Tyranitar. Oh, one of the like awesome. very early dark types because I think was introduced in Gen two, which is when dark type was introduced. Yeah, with so a very early dark type. Well, a bite being a dark move, I don't know. It has like implications to it. <laughs> I'm like, what? um, this looks. Oh, this is a, a little uh, ladybug. You know, it's it's red. It's got a cute little eye. It's got the hard wing covering and a lighter wing underneath. Three three limbs. It's a uh, anatomically fairly accurate um if i were to make a an, an anatomically accurate ladybug pokemon it would be this uh this is probably a pokemon then oh, that, i don't know if, oh it is okay ladian I loved Lady and when it was. I came yeah, Lady and very it's cute. Very, I love that she cute. holds baseballs for no reason. Clearly, in her design, <laughs> That's a big thing they were doing. Was, oh, I thought she was wearing little little mitts. Those are baseballs. No, no, they're not baseballs. But there's like a design oh. element where they just have like these big round hands for a little while. Oh, like, okay. It just... was Gen Two was very bubbly. Gen yeah. 2 was really like lots of weird Round. bubbles and circles everywhere. Lots of circles involved in Gen 2. And I liked that Ladybug looked like almost, I imagine like a little, 
I imagine Ladian as kind of like a little space person, like mm-hmm. a it looks like Ladian is wearing almost like a spacesuit of she, some kind. With she's like a, given me Mega Man vibes. I was thinking Mega Man, and this I was think at the she time looks very Mega, Mega Man. Was very popular. Specifically, she looks like a Mega Man knockoff that was called uh oh metabots i don't know if anyone remembers metabots but mm. i do but metabots was a Mega Man ripoff where you made your pokemon or not your pokemon you made your robots fight and a bunch of the robots were beetle themed the main guy's called like meta something but he's mm. like a bug guy with like the stag beetle double horn it's <laughs> so so not even not even <laughs> not even okay. Mega Man, but a Mega Man knockoff We've taken enough of Ellen's time, so yeah. she like her email now. Oh, yes. Oh, oh for your, for her gift. Yeah. Oh, so this, okay. This isn't finished. Finished. This is just the sketch form because I had to. Oh, it add... came up enormous. Oh, the baby! <laughs> oh my goodness! Oh my lord, that's the cutest thing I've ever seen in my life. <laughs> so we Is tried this to, you? Like, this, I mean, like, did you? You did yeah, this? I, I was like, just I was adding traffic while you guys were talking. Yeah. Um, you could see her drawing off to the side on occasion. Yeah. That's what she was working oh, on. My yeah. God, that's the cutest thing I've ever seen in my life. So that's why we. That's why we asked you at the top, like, who, oh, who's your boy? Guy, and that's so perfect because we did this whole like not too long ago. Um, my husband and I did an episode of our podcast on the the trap jaw ant and <laughs> trap and um the ant lion. And so uh, I was, I had an opportunity to really like gush about my love for Trap Inch on that episode. <laughs> so, oh, I'm obsessed. This is the cutest thing I've ever seen. I'm going to show everybody. I'll, I'll try to get you the color version in the next coming days so that we can have no, a it'll, it'll be of a size where you can uh, print it out on and frame it. Oh, Amanda does a great job with that stuff. I absolutely will do this. Can I make this my profile picture on like everything? <laughs> yes, you can. <laughs> Although you might want to wait for the colored version just so that it looks more done. Sure. That's so cute. You got my hair. <laughs> <laughs> my hair's wet right now, so it's usually a lot bigger than this. Yeah, um, based off of your... Really need, yeah, I felt that. really creepy talking to you like as I'm like surfing your Instagram, like a picture <laughs> of her hair. My Well, I, you nailed it because my hair is is quite big and flowing. <laughs> i was worried i i sent the basic sketch of this to derek a few days ago and i was like is this too digimon can you tell that i was a digimon kid because <laughs> like, like digimon influence on it i was almost thinking um it looks like kind of like the I, I was thinking more like the modern sort of like pokemon anime like uh, you yeah. know the, the latest iterations of pokemon have the 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 anime basics, but like with a little bit more fluidity and a yeah, little more. Yeah, I was like trying to give it a little bit more of the, it. that round, like that Gen 2 roundness that came Which in. I'm such right a big now. fan of, by the way. It gets a lot of haters, and I don't care because I think it's cute <laughs> and I like it. And I like cute things. So I mean, it, look, it looks as great. As someone Amanda, who's not involved with Pokemon because I prefer their cute form. <laughs> <laughs> Thank you so much. I'm obsessed with this. This is so cute. Oh my God. Thank you for coming on the show. Yeah. Thank you guys for having me. This was a lot of fun. I take any opportunity that I can to info dump about Pokemon and share my (laughs) love of it. Um, Especially like, you know, I'm with people who will kind of like get like why it is so engaging and what I think captures the imagination, but also like 
the knowledge seeking like aspect of it right it feels very like for the kids who are the type to be like oh i have to learn about everything i can get my hands on i think it really connects with that too definitely for sure like i know everything about trappage i know everything (laughs) which is how i feel doing notes for the podcast sometimes (laughs) i'm like i feel like i have to like collect every single scrap of information i can find to make sure i'm not missing anything Mm -hmm. so yeah definitely then you listen to the podcast later and you're like i didn't even mention that the oh, ladybugs have spots. Something. What a fool I am. <laughs> I oh, do that uh, all the time. I feel like I I write out huge notes beforehand and then we talk about it and then I completely skip a thing and then I'm like, oh, this thing this is actually a really cool fact and I didn't even mention, <laughs> didn't even mention it. I felt that way about the pigments episode. I was like, oh I didn't even mention oh well, it's done now. The uh I, I did want to say Ladian is not even the only ladybug Pokemon because oh. there is a new one called Orbeetle. <gasps> I don't know uh, if I've even seen this. Orbeetle is in one of the newer generations. I don't remember which one. It's It has a more like robotic sort of oh. like harsh. Like it's, it's really weird that they took like the ladybug, which I think is usually associated with being very cutesy and, you know, girly pop uh, sort of like thing. And they took it and made it very like angular and harsh and like pointy. And yeah, it's, it's kind of like if cool Dr. Looking. Robotnik Weird. made. Um, yeah. It's, it, it feels like a Sonic villain. Yeah, yeah he does. Which he already uh, has a ladybug villain too, frankly. Yeah, it looks like it would be a ladybug villain where in, in a Sonic game where you would have to wait for the wings to open up before yeah. you could do a homing attack on the inside <laughs> yeah, of it. Exactly. <laughs> yeah, it looks like that sort of thing. I, it's not fair that or beetles, or ladybugs got two Pokemon and bombardier beetles got zero. Yeah, it's rude. So Where's the justice? That's rude. <laughs> <laughs> I'm just saying, Nintendo, uh, my, DMs, my DMs are open <laughs> if you'd like to discuss further, if you're listening, Nintendo. My DMs are also open if you want to discuss. Stop making humanoid Pokemon Pokemon. (laughs) Keep those feet on the ground. (laughs) Go touch some grass. (laughs) Go to a petting zoo. Make Pokemon about those guys and no one else. Stop. Leave your cats on the ground. Stop making the cats stand up. (laughs) Truly. So where can we find more of your stuff, Ellen? I am on Just the Zoo of Us, which is a podcast that I make. Uh, we, we alternate between episodes with my husband and I, uh, and then episodes with guests like Kelly. Kelly's episode is coming out on Wednesday while we're recording this. Um, so I'm guessing that when this airs, it will probably already be up. It'll be up. So <laughs> yeah. You can head over to the feed and listen to Kelly talk about mosquitoes, which was a lot of fun. Um, and our whole gimmick is that we review animals by rating them out of 10 in different categories like their physical and behavioral adaptations that let them thrive and we've talked about a lot of bugs <laughs> so people who love bug type pokemon would probably really enjoy our uh, trap jaw ant in antlion episode because that was really fun and we talked a lot about trap inch in that one perfect yeah Oh, also, I should say it's family friendly, so uh, we don't cuss or anything. And people listening with family in the car, perhaps young ears, um, are are more than welcome to join in. It is made with families in mind, so feel free. So what I'm hearing is go on a road trip, plug in Bugney's Heroes, then go directly (laughs) to Just the Zoo of Us. You'll keep those kids entertained the whole time. 
for hours. That's hours of entertainment right there. I have had a lot of people reach out and tell me that they like binged our show on road trips and stuff. And that feels to me like I got to go on that road trip, right? It's like like you took me with you. Like I got to do that cool thing. Get in the car. We're going to Yellowstone. (laughs) Somebody somebody told me one time that they played our podcast uh, on a speaker as cougar deterrent. Like so of like wildlife conflict management thing. And their job was they had to like uh, keep like mountain lions away from this one area and they had a speaker set up where they would play podcasts because Mm -hmm. the sound of human voices would keep mountain lions away from an area and they played our podcast just like (laughs) on on a speaker into the woods (laughs) wrong now that cougar just has more animal facts it's going to a very smart cougar I was educated now. <laughs> for sure, my the most flattering. Uh, like I feel like I could use that as marketing now. Be like, makes great cougar deterrent. <laughs> cougar deterrent. <laughs> I'm the only cougar allowed here. Look at me. I'm having the cougar now. <laughs> and we'll right. make sure to put links to all your stuff in our, in the show notes. And when the episode comes out on our social media, so folks oh, will perfect. be able to find you. Thank you so much. All right. Well, it was a joy having you. If you want to sure. find us, we're at Bugs Need Heroes everywhere where your internet needs are met. If they're uh, hearing this, they already know that. Well, you never know. <laughs> you never know when someone's popped in for the first time. You never know when you someone's know. walking by. Someone's listening. They're walking through the forest to try and not get eaten by a cougar, and they hear a podcast and say, <laughs> "My gosh, what a great podcast! I gotta where try this out. Where could I find more? Where could I find the Reddit for this? You can find it at Bugs." need heroes yeah always assume Uh, that we have a new listener for every podcast episode and we should let them know where to find us yeah well find us or we'll find you (laughs) oh (laughs) see you next week bye bugs need heroes is created by Derek conrad and kelly zimmerman hosted by amanda allen night and kelly zimmerman bugs need heroes is produced and edited by Derek conrad our music is Ladybug Castle by Roll Music. All character art by Amanda Allen Nide. Got a bug question? Email us at bugsneedheroes at gmail.com. Check us out on bugsneedheroes.com for the visual companion to our episodes with the artwork of the bug-related heroes. We also have an Instagram, Twitter, and subreddit under the Bugs Need Heroes name. Thanks for coming by. One thing, woo! And then...